listening to Cooper Talk. Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I got to tell you something, people. Uh, a few weeks ago on my show, me and my guest, Robert Tepper, were talking about a t-shirt I got in college from friends of mine from North Jersey, and it was for a place in Hoboken called the Clam Broth House. Now, it's funny I bring that up because I know that's my guest's old stomping ground, and I believe he was born and lived in Hoboken for a while, and my guest is probably one of the best actors out there. My guest is the one, the only, Joey Pants. How you doing, Joey? How are you, Cooper? Good. Now, do you do you know the Clam Broth House in Hoboken? Of course, of course. Yeah, I was, uh, I was born and raised there. I guess, literally, technically, I was born in Jersey City, Margaret Hague Hospital. But I, I was raised there, and I lived there until I was, like, I think 16, and then I went to high school uh, in Cliffside Park for three years. And uh, and I still have an apartment in Hoboken. See, that's awesome. It's, I, I I can imagine. I mean, how much has it changed since you were there when you since when you were a kid? Oh my God, it's become you know. If my relatives, if we had just stayed there, everybody would be rich. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, brownstone was you know eighteen thousand dollars, and uh, the opportunities. Uh, that have, that that have brought as as Manhattan grew, so so did Hoboken, and you know it's a, it's just a thriving community, and it was very dangerous and scary growing up there, and I lived in the projects for a time, uh, and and now it's a, it's a it's a metropolis, and everything that was where the factories were, apartments, and the the trains that would take all of the all of the dry goods out, um, and the cars, the uh, uh, from the factories, uh, the, those are all fast rails uh, accommodating commuters to and from uh, all parts of the western side of, uh, of Jersey that that comes up to the river. Now, you grew up there, and what got you into acting? What 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 did you know you wanted to go acting when what, what, that was going to be your career choice? Well, you know, we were broke, and... Uh, and I wanted to get out. I wanted. To, I wanted to. You know, I. I kind of bought into the idea that if you worked hard in America, uh, you had a chance. And and so there were. Uh, being being that I wasn't a well-educated young man, the only options in a lot of ways haven't changed. They were the same in the '30s as they are today, and that's ask you know sports. Uh, or entertainment or uh, organized crime, you know, criminal aspects. So, you know, in today's world, I guess, you you know, you either get into sports or entertainment or you become a banker. Right. <laughs> so, so, so what... you know, so I thought, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, uh, 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 also the idea of, of having this cognitive understanding as a young guy that I was going to cease to exist, that I was going to die. You know that as a, as a species, we humans are the only ones that have a cognitive understanding at some point in our lives, around six, seven, or eight, that we will cease to exist. And the idea that that I was going to die at some point and there would be no evidence of my existence, what intrigued me watching the Million Dollar Movie in black and white, all those old movies, was that I was watching actors that I knew were dead, gone, but there they were. They were still alive. They 
still existed, and that really appealed to me. So what path do you take? As you said, you were broke, you know, you wanted to get out, but what path did you take to sit there and say, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to kick ass? Well, I don't think I said, I just, I was intrigued by it, you know, it was, it was the only path, it wasn't a path that I took, it was the only path I could take. I had no options, and I, I recall giving myself 10 years, that if I wasn't making a living at it in 10 years, that, you know, I'd have to do something else. And, uh, you know, in the course of my life, I, I did do a lot of things. I've been in restaurant business, and, and as a young actor uh, training in New York, restaurant business was uh, a very viable opportunity uh, for, for a guy like me because you could go on auditions and, and still uh, work, or you can do these little plays downtown and still cover some of your shifts so, so you still had some money coming in even though they weren't paying you. Now, you said you did some plays downtown. I want to talk about uh, your latest play. You're in Drift. I know uh, Bobby Moresco was on my show a few weeks ago, and he had talked about it. What attracted you to Drift, and, and how did you get involved with it? Well, you know, Bobby's an old friend of mine. We, we did our first movie. I think we got our Screen Actors Guild card on a, a Bruce Postman movie, I think, in 1972, which was an extension of his NYU. You graduate program. I, I think it was a feature lay, and and so we were working on that. That's how we go, got to know each other. In fact, Bobby saved my life when an actor during rehearsal at the uh, director's apartment on Lafayette on the fourth floor walk up decided that he wanted to throw me out of a window, and Bobby came out of the bathroom and realized that this wasn't acting, and he grabbed the guy by the neck. And pulled him and me out from from danger. Um, and so I've worked with Bobby, and I've known him over, over forty years. I think we've known each other forty five years. And and I've done I did Easy Streets with him, and uh, and he he sent me this play, and you know I really wanted to work with Bobby. Uh, uh, you know, at, at my age, I'm really fascinated with the idea of working always trying to be surround myself with younger people and uh and you know a playwright that bobby was really uh excited about and uh and it beats uh, laying on the couch watching turner classic movies right now tell me tell me about the play drift well i don't want to give anything away but it's a story that begins 10 years after a young man uh, comes home from serving a time in prison on the first date of his father's death slash suicide and so he's coming back into this world of construction. I play a guy named Tom McMahon who came up with his dad uh, before this darkness set into his dad, a series of events that started crippling him emotionally and challenging him. His play takes place in 1937. So I, I feel like uh, that this is the only family I ever had. And also, the, the boy's mother had died. And 
several, several weeks earlier, and I, I was trying to get him, or the, you know, the state to let him come out and, uh, and, and, and see his mother and be a part of uh, her send-off, and they, and they wouldn't do that. So it's a, it's a series of, of events that kind of accumulate, and, and all of these secrets come out, and, and there's, a, there's an overwhelming darkness and humor to it uh, that comes to a boil in the end. Now, how many shows will you do be, be doing a week? It's a, it's an off-Broadway run, so we'll be doing eight shows a week. Now, how is that for you with your acting chops? You're such a good actor. You've been in so many movies. But when you get to the stage and have to do eight shows a week, it must be so draining and uh, just take the energy out of you. How do you get prepared for that? Well, you know, I, I did a play uh, downtown a couple of years ago, and uh, it was it was a shorter play, and it was only three characters. I, I did a play on Broadway a while back, and it was only two characters, and, and that was there, there was just no, I had no life. None of us, you know, you just went, you worked. You know, it, it's like, the it, it's so concentrated. Now, this play has got six scenes. So I'm in threes first through, and they're very, they're very, uh, what's the word, you know, very physical, but I have resting periods. You know, I'm like in the second scene, and then I got two scenes where I can rest. And then I got another scene, and then I got scene. I don't know yet, because we're still rehearsing. But uh, it's, it's certainly something I've thought about. And, uh, and, and it's, it's keeping me young. It's keeping me excited. And I'm, I'm filled with fear and anxiety and, and excitement all at the same time. Now, did you get your start in theater? Now, yeah, in New York, uh, when I was a kid, I was going to school here and uh, doing all of these little plays and then becoming an act, uh, getting an equity job, which is the theatrical union for actors, and, and, uh, and traveling around and doing summer stock and, uh, and regional, regional theater was, uh, was always fun because when you do... When you do a play, every night it's different. You know, uh, you stand in the same place and the lighting is the same, but the audience is different and that always affects uh, the outcome of the play. It's like it's like trying to hold uh, 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 mercury in a, in your hand. It's, it, it's always, 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 always moving. And uh, it's, I guess it's... I know, I'm not a big golfer, but it's kind of like you know, that perfect swing, you know, when you hit that ball, it's like that sweet spot, and and chasing that the kind of performance where you can have a good a good first act and a good second act, and everybody's good at the same time is very material. So you're, you're, you're kicking around now. Now, the first time I remember seeing you was uh, the movie that came out in 1980, which I love, which a ton of people don't know, but I remember seeing you in The Idol Maker. How did you land that part? I mean, that seems like it was your first big movie. Yeah, I, uh, 
1980? That's what it says, yeah, for the idol maker. Yeah, so, so in 1960, 1979, I did, I, I got hired for the first really important job, uh, was the remake of From Here to Eternity, it was a six-hour miniseries, and that was over at Columbia TV, and uh, that's when Warner Brothers was still Burbank Studios, and they had, they had Columbia there, and they had, they had Warner's there, and all of these different companies were there, and I did that. And then I, I got uh, Rob Reiner hired me to be in a, a, a sitcom after he got off of All in the Family, and then he did a, a MOW with Penny Marshall, and, and that led to uh, working with Rita Riggs, and Rita was the, the wardrobe designer, costume designer, and then Taylor Hackford uh, was a friend of hers, and he was a documentary filmmaker who was doing this film uh, called The Idol Maker, and so she introduced me to Taylor, and, I, and that's how I got that. And, um, you know, it's these little opportunities, you know, people talk about or ask me about big breaks, and, and it was never a big break. It was just all these little breaks, these little opportunities that that uh, that added up to a 40-year career. Yeah, it's amazing. Like some of the movies, I mean, you were in Eddie and the Cruisers, which for me growing up as a kid in South Jersey, the opening scene of that bar is a place called Tony Mart. And I remember trying to sneak in there when I was 16. So a lot of kids from my area just loved that movie. What was it like on the set for that? Because you guys seem to be all pretty young and a group of guys. And there's probably, you know, some some egos and some conflicts going on. I mean, what was it like? You know, I don't remember a lot of conflicts. I just remember... Um, how hard all the actors worked. Uh, you know, Southside Johnny was the technical advisor. I think Kenny Vance was there. So all these wonderful musicians. And, and then they found, uh, I think Kenny discovered Beaver Brown up in Rhode Island and they got the sax player tunes to come down and actually play the character uh, of the sax player. And, uh, um, going around. We shot a lot of that on the border of Philadelphia uh, uh, in Cherry Hill. And then and then we went down to South Jersey. Uh, Tony Marks, uh, what's the name of uh, Ocean City around there. So I, I just remember uh, just everybody working hard and, uh, and having a lot of fun in between. Well, it's funny you mentioned Cherry Hill because that's where I grew up. And uh, I never knew it shot in Cherry Hill. I knew the Tony Mart thing, but now I live right next door to Cherry Hill, though I moved back from L.A. Well, there used to be a racetrack across, and it was a, it was a hotel called the Rickshaw Inn. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and everybody got the crabs because it was uh, frequented from, by, by uh, women of the bridge, shall I say. <laughs> the Walt Whitman Bridge. Poor Walt Whitman. He, he only knew... <laughs> and, and <laughs> I know exactly. It's called Admiral Wilson Boulevard. And there used to be a place called the Latin Casino, which was right near the Rickshaw Lane. Yeah, there was, um, there was a big hotel for, for that area. And that, and that racetrack had burned down by then, right? It was still there, but it had burned down. Yeah, it burned down. Then they rebuilt it, and it 
they got rid of it. So, okay, so that movie's great. And I, I just, you've been in so many movies I love. You were in Risky Business. Did did you know that Tom Cruise become this huge star off that performance? And, and how did people react to you? Because you're Guido, and it's a great role. Oh, gosh, you know, I don't remember. I mean, it's like four years ago. Um, uh, I, I remember liking Tom Cruise. I remember, again, you know, it's like the one thing that these guys, these movie stars, they they they, they wanted to be. I mean, I could tell you, like, Tom Cruise, people that have worked with Tom Cruise, um, Ben Stiller, Will Smith, they had, they had a plan, and... And and and, it, and the bar was extraordinarily high, and and they they lacked doubt. They knew what they wanted. They knew we were going there, and they you know and they did everything they had to do. To, you know, to become a movie star in, in today's world, or even thirty years ago, it's like being an athlete. You know, Mark, uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart. Hey, you could smoke cigarettes and get drunk every night. Never did a push up in his life. But, you know, now, now these guys are all superheroes. Now, you've worked with so many great directors. Who are some of the favorite you've worked with? characters you know the one they're all they're all great characters what was your favorite character to play i get this question a lot and uh i i have to admit uh, it's important to be honest uh that getting a job creating a character is like a love affair with a beautiful woman. 
you see her, you want her, and and by the time it's over, you can't stand the sight of her. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's what I, you know, that's what I, um, that's what I feel about the characters that I played. Uh, and some of them, I loathe less than others. What were your feelings towards Ralph on The Sopranos? Well, you know, it, it, it's a great, fun character to play, but I just, you know, people, our society sees things black and white, you know, cowboy white hat, a cowboy black hat. And, you know, Ralph was a very sick, complicated individual. And, uh, and David Chase, gave me that, that great send-off uh, where, where you saw the, the complexities of that man and, and some of the things, you know, it's all connected. It's not just a guy that likes getting, the, you know, a dildo up his behind. You know, this guy, these guys are, are damaged. You know, Ralph was extremely damaged and hurt people, hurt people. Uh, but because of streaming now, these kinds of characters are always around, and people see them as if they're, they've just been created, and, and people are always asking me about, you know, either it's Ralph or The Matrix, or you know, these things have left my brain bank a long time ago, and uh, you know, I, uh, I don't I don't remember them as well as, as, as fans do. Now, I've, you know, as I was doing my research, research on you, I know you've talked a lot about your depression. Does, does depression add to when you're getting ready for a character for something, or does it deter? Well, you know, I think, I think that's another reason that I didn't know even when I wanted to become an actor. Uh, because it was a character, you know, if I could, if I could become successful, maybe this feeling unconsciously, maybe this feeling would go away. And I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I've, I've studied it. I've studied, I've been in treatment for a long time. I've, uh, I made a movie about it. Uh, and, 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 and the professionals that I interviewed, um, uh, said that, that creative art, it's almost like it's a it's a yang to the yang. If you're if you're a creative person, these these elements are are part of your motivating factor, and it's it's part of the uh, toolbox. So you sublimate all of that unresolved pain. You know, d- depression is is a result of, of of adolescent traumas that were never resolved, that were never realized and, and never treated. Um, and uh, so it, in, my, in my training, I came to understand that these were parts of my life that, that I learned to utilize through my work. Now, how did you recognize that you were depressed and what made you first go to get help for it? Well, I, I, uh, I became addicted to Vicodin uh, and an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, the Vicodin was like this, you know, this heroin was like the idea that, uh, 
it uh, put a bounce in my step. That it was like this little feeling that I've been chasing my whole life. This is way, you know, I, this is the way I want to feel. And uh, and so I, I went to a doctor for uh, physical because I have history of heart disease, and so I take Lipitor. is coming on i mean you 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 seem to know what to do now but do you feel do you say oh use that to your advantage for your character let's say in drift do you sit there i mean how do you how do you get ready to perform if you feel or feeling a little depressed You know, I want to thank you, Joe, for taking the time. Uh, the play, the play starts uh, February twenty seventh. It's at the uh, New World Stages, uh, and you got to be looking forward to it. Um, are you expecting a long run, or do you know how long it's going to last? Uh, we're expecting the long run, and I think I think it's I think it's thirteen weeks. Uh, but everybody comes down and, uh, and 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 come to the preview because. We'd love to see you and, and, and say hello after, uh, you know, and, and fans, if you, you know, fans of mine, uh, by the time you leave, you're going to have a whole new uh, group of, of uh, fans for these new, young, brilliant actors I'm working with. Okay, before we go, I have one quick question. Who, do, what, who is your most recognized character? Like, who do people recognize you as the most? You know, it depends. If I'm in New Jersey, of course it's Ralphie. Uh, but if I'm if I'm walking through a college town, it's Memento. Um, it's uh, Bound. You know, uh, uh, you know, in, in the LGBTQ community, African Americans, the Bad Boys, Matrix. It just depends on the on the connoisseur 
that approaches me. Okay, well, I want to thank you. People, go check out Joey's work. Go look at him up on IMDb, watch his old performances. Go see the play. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only go see hit. the play and, and, go, and go see Bad Boys for Life. I know, well, Bad Boys, no, that's doing well. It must have been great to bring that character back. It's not doing well. It's doing phenomenal. It's the number one movie in the world for the third week in a row. Now, that has to get you happy. You, you can't be depressed about that, right? Nope. Nope, not at all. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm just grateful, and, and the gratitude that, because it's so good. You know, I, you, you make, you make two of them, and this one is the best one yet. And, uh, you know, I just really tried to be a part of it. Now, what's coming up after the play? Do you have anything on docket for uh, movies? I got, I got, I get, yeah, I got, I got a movie. That uh, that I did in Italy called From the Vine that's been getting a lot of play in, in the film festivals and it's going to come out in May. I did a movie last year that's coming out called Hide and Seek by a Korean company, um, and uh, I think I got another one. I don't have that in front of me, but you know, IMDb would know better than I. But I think I got three movies coming out. Well, that's awesome, man. And I look for From From the Wine. You, you play a vineyard owner, right? Yeah, well, a guy who just kind of leaves the corporate world behind and goes home after 50 years uh, and is having visions and conversations with his dead grandfather. Um, and he decides to start making wine again in a community where all the young people have left and it's just old people left. And, uh, you know, and so it becomes a lifeline for these old oldsters like myself who get an opportunity to have something to live for again. It's a beautiful, uplifting, fun comedy. Well, that's awesome, Joey. Another thing I want to know, though, how many hats do you have? I'm a big hat wearer, and I always see you in interviews with hats. You must have over 50 uh, hats. No, that's nothing. That's, you know, that, I, I bet you I've got over 300 hats. And funny, I, I was at Barney's today that, you know, they're going out of business, and there was a beautiful hat that it was a little bit tight on me and it was like the $600 uh, Humberg that was just one size too small on me and it was like 120 bucks. it was 80% off and the, and the salesperson wouldn't sell it to me she said it was too it was too small you needed to put a finger in it you know and I was like I can't believe it it's like you're going out of business and you, you want to you get everything must go and you're saying no I can't have it <laughs> Well, Joe, I want to thank you. People, check out Joe. Check out Bad Boys. Check out his play. Go to my website, coopertalk.net. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm holding this kip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I'll talk to you guys next time.